From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for another hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later in the show, we're going to test your knowledge of presidential middle names, meet some forgotten knights of King Arthur's Round Table, and share a little trivia about freshwater bass. Sound impossible? Possibly. But right now, please welcome our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello, Fira. And our first two contestants are here, and they look very excited or terrified. I'm not sure which. Let's welcome Dan Margolis and Sydney Levin. Dan, in the past, I hear you've won a blender on a cooking show. Can you explain that? So that was back in the mid-90s. There was a show on the TV Food Network called Ready, Set, Cook. And I was paired up with a professional chef, and I competed against another person. And out of the two of us, I was the runner-up, I like to say. Which, <laughs> which means uh, that I didn't get the grand prize, which was a pot, but I did get the runner-up prize, which was a blender. Oh, that's oh, the pot was the grand prize. The pot was the it was a Calphalon pot. It was uh, a fancy I, I pot. think you uh, I think you kind of got the I grand prize after all. Well done, Sydney. You write horoscopes. Yes, that's I do. so exciting. So of course this raises the most important question: Why are Libras not compatible with Capricorns? <laughs> you know I can't tell you because then it would be showing you the future. So I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at someday you'll know. Our first game is called Bored to Death. Does that sound fun? Yes. Uh, But that is bored as in B-O-A-R-D. Aha. Like if I said Professor Plum in the billiard room with the candlestick, you'd recognize it as a possible solution for the game Clue, uh, where you have to guess who committed the murder, in what location, and with what weapon. So in this game, I'm going to give you the solution to a fictional murder committed in a film, novel, or play, and you're going to tell us the work in which each of these dastardly deeds took place. And the winner of this round, contestants, will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Norman Bates in the shower with the knife. Dan. Psycho. Psycho, of course that is correct. A dinosaur in the Jeep with venom claws and teeth. Dan. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, exactly. (laughs) Laura Dern is not the answer. That came up earlier, but that is not the answer. Jack Torrance at the Overlook Hotel with the axe. Sydney. The Shining. Come play trivia with us forever! Yes, Sydney. Red Rom. Oh, God, I love that movie. Every Valentine's I watch that. (laughs) Scar at the Gorge with a wildebeest stampede. Sydney. The Lion King. You got that immediately. You know you're Lion King. Dr. Frankenfurter in the lab with the pickaxe. Dan. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Damn it, Dan, you're right. And this is our last question. George Wilson at the West Egg Swimming Pool with the gun. Sydney. 
Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby is correct. Ophira, it's a tie score. I'll read this tiebreaker here. Are you ready? Han Solo in the cantina with the blaster by shooting first. Dan. Star Wars? Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Congratulations, Dan. You are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round coming at the end of the show. And now, a little Jonathan Colton. Picture yourself in a boat on a river With tangerine trees, marmalade skies Somebody calls you and answer quite slowly The girl with the lightest go Cellophane flowers of yellow and green Towering over your head Look for the girl with the sun in her eyes And she's gone Lucy in the sky Colton. Thank you. Let's welcome our next two contestants, Scott Sanders and Tim Kilroy. Hello. Hey. So we have two dads here that are both really into American history. All right, Tim, who is the weirdest president in your mind? Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it was weird, too, yeah. so that's good. Uh, and he was why? attacked by a rabbit. He was attacked by a rabbit? Yeah, mm, yeah that is weird. I'm going to say you're right on that one. Scott, do you have an answer for that? I'm going to go with uh, Martin Van Buren. Wow, I like the way you think. Yeah. And what's your reasoning? Oh, his just name's just weird. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Colton, what game are we going to play with these guys? Well, this, this game is called Presidential Middle Names. And uh, we are going to uh, spice up the names of U.S. presidents by expanding their middle names to include other famous people or characters. So what we're looking for is the full expanded presidential name. For example, if I said, this president convinced his best friend Bart Simpson to break into the Watergate Hotel, you would say, Richard Milhouse Van Houten Nixon. So that's Richard Nixon, whose middle name is Milhouse. And then in the middle, we have Milhouse Van Houten, who is Bart Simpson's best friend. It's a very easy game. Okay, here we go. After this man became the first son of a president to become president, he wrote the theme for Sanford and Son and produced Michael Jackson's thriller. Tim. John. Quincy Jones Adams. That is right. After his predecessor resigned in disgrace in 1974, this vice president turned president led Santa's sleigh through the fog one Christmas Eve. (laughs) 
Tim. I got nothing. You just wanted to ring in? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Do you want Scott, to, uh... do you want to ring in and say that you don't have anything? I don't. <laughs> uh, well, let me, let me give you a hint. Can you think of a president who resigned in disgrace? Nixon. Yes. Okay. Can you think of who came after that president? Ford. Uh-huh. So now what we're looking for is the first name of that president. Gerald. Okay, good, great. Yep. We're doing it. We're doing it. And then... Do you know who might have led Santa's sleigh through the fog one Christmas Eve? Rudolph oh, the Red-Nosed yeah. Reindeer. Right. Okay, great, great. That's all components. Okay. Gerald Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Ford. Yes! Oh! Wow. Right? Because both of them share the middle name yeah. Red-Nosed. Yeah. Yes. Now, see, I thought it was the. I have no idea if it's appropriate to give you a point, Tim, but I'm going to. No. Thank you. No point. A five-star general and former supreme commander of NATO, this president was obsessed with the log lady, people speaking backwards in dreams, and the question, who killed Laura Palmer? <laughs> Scott. Dwight David Lynch Eisenhower. You got it. And Scott's on the board. High fives all around. That was awesome. That was awesome. This president, who campaigned under the slogan, Tippecanoe and Tyler II, beheaded two of his six wives before he died, only a month into his term. Scott. Benjamin Henry Tyler? Uh, no. Okay. Not to be rude about it, but no. No, that's cool. <laughs> Tim, do you want to have a guess here? So, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. The audience, do you know who it is? William. William Henry VIII Harrison. Since this president spent over 12 years in office, he had plenty of time to write the screenplays for When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle. Scott. Franklin Delano Nora Ephron Roosevelt. (laughs) Yes. And unbelievably, it is a tie score. It is a tie. (laughs) Does the audience get a play, too? Well, we'll find out, I guess. This president split his time in the Lone Star State between clearing brush on his ranch in Crawford and using martial arts to fight crime. Tim. It is George Herbert, Texas Ranger Walker Bush. I, I, feel, like, I feel like Tim got close, but he got, he got a couple of things wrong. Scott. George Walker, Texas Ranger, Bush. That is correct. Scott, well done. We will see you again at the end of our show for our Ask Me One More final round. Now I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Usually when we ask our VIPs, that's very important puzzlers, what might be a suitable subject for us to write a quiz about, they answer something very broad. They say television or movies. But this week's VIP gave us a list of possibilities, like terrestrial and aquatic insects that trout eat to survive. (laughs) Present-day Yellowstone National Park and wildland fire suppression tools and techniques. (laughs) 
Our VIP is, of course, the absurdly knowing and very funny Dan Kennedy. Dan is the host of the Moth Podcast, and he's written a number of books, including his new novel, American Spirit. Stick around to find out which one of Dan's eclectic areas of expertise we decided to quiz him on. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and in just a little while, I'll sit down with author Dan Kennedy to talk to him about his impressive skill set. But before that, let's welcome our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, to the stage. Hello, everybody. Hi, Ophira. Hi, John. So you're going to give us a lesson in spooning, is that Spoons, correct? Spoons, knives, forks, a whole flatware set. I'll go a whole set of china. I don't care. We'll do anything right at this point. Okay, good. <laughs> well, standing behind our puzzle podiums right now are our next two contestants, Mark Smith and Solomon Stein. Welcome to Ask Me Another, Mark Solomon. Solomon, you are really into statistics and game theory. That is correct. I like that about you. I'm very interested. So I must ask you, what is the probability that you will win? Without knowing anything else, I'm going to go with 50%. Nope, not good enough. (laughs) Too easy. You're talking with your head. Speak with your heart, Solomon. Speak with your heart. 20%. (laughs) Mark, what do you think the odds are of Solomon winning? That would be... Uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even figure out a tip. You know? <laughs> there are percentages. Uh, 80, that would be 80, right? Uh, 80%. Oh, okay. 20% of the time, I would say 80%. Yes. <laughs> Our next game is called Delightful Spoonerisms, Despiteful Lunarisms. John Chinesky, why are spoonerisms delightful? They are delightful because... A spoonerism is a play on words in which the initial sounds of two words are reversed. For example, you turn a crushing blow into a blushing crow. In this game, we're going to ask you to make spoonerisms of movie and song titles. Contestants, you give us both the original title and the transposed phrase, please. If we ask you to name a hit song by Blondie about the telephone, which might be used to unlock a shopping center, that would be a call me... Mall key. There's no first ladies, maiden names, nothing in this. It's going to be straightforward, okay? All of the answers will start with the movie or song title, and then the spoonerized phrase will follow. As always, the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. If Brad Pitt and Edward Norton appeared in a 1999 film about the problems they have controlling their flying toys string, what would the error be called? What? (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, maybe there will be maiden names in this. Um, Let's go again. If Brad Pitt and Edward Norton appeared in a 1999 film together about the problems they have controlling their flying toys string, what would the error be called? Mark. Uh, Fight Club Kite Flub. Yes, Fight Club Kite Flub. Very good. I did love your first answer. What? (laughs) Just so angry. I think that's what we were all thinking, quite frankly. When a 1997 drama starring Mark Wahlberg and Burt Reynolds inspires a knuckle to the head combined with attacks of the teeth, what are these called? 
Porn stars fight dirty people. Yes. Mark. Boogie Nights Noogie Bites. Yes, Boogie Nights Noogie Bites. In a little old place owned by the band the B-52s, this describes the absence of rude jostling. Solomon. A love shack shovelack? Yes, a love shack shovelack. What would you call the attempts to find the lavatory during a screening of a 1994 spy comedy starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis? Solomon. Lou tries in True Lies? Yes, True Lies, Lou tries. It's just fine. Very good. If a 1984 Cindy Lauper dance song inspires a store that sells stinging insects, what would that store be called? It's a song about something I do, he does, they do, we do. Mark? She bop. B-Shop? Yes, She-Bop, B-Shop. Way to go, Mark. How about this? A tiny piece of ruffled edging inspired by a 1993 film about a boy and his orca could be described this way. Mark. Free Willy, Wee Frilly? Yes, Free Willy, (laughs) Wee Frilly. Which sounds like a mild Scottish insult for the boy in his own Oh, it's a wee, a wee frilly it is, yes. <laughs> if a cop was put on detail to find nice-looking models who resemble Kathleen Turner in a steamy 1981 thriller, you can say the policeman was on this. It's a steamy 1981 thriller. Mark. Body heat, hottie beat? Yes, body heat, hottie beat. Very nice. Here's your last question. If the band Green Day used the sheet music to their 1994 song about anxiety to line the bottom of a coffin, what would it be called? Mark. I'm sorry. I really don't know. (laughs) I like the idea of just ringing in with complaints. Solomon, any idea? A... Basket case casket base? Yes, oh, nice. basket case casket base. That was a nice, uh, a nice comeback there, Solomon, but Mark is our winner. Congratulations, Mark. Much to your chagrin, Mark. You will be moving on to our Ask oh, Me One More awesome. final round at the end of the show. Thank you so much, Solomon. Round of applause. Are you looking for the perfect night out? If you like puzzles and IPA, then do we have the event for you. Come attend a live taping of Ask Me Another at the soon-to-be historic landmark, The Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. For tickets and our upcoming show schedule, simply go to amatickets.org. On our stage right now, we have Melanie Kentaya and Jonah Platt. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jonah, I have to ask you, I believe I recognize you from your bar mitzvah video, is that right? Uh, maybe. If you saw me on uh, the show The Great Pretenders, I lip-synced a Backstreet Boys song 
and was given the illustrious prize of a $20 guest gift card. Wow. I'm actually surprised you lived to tell that tale. Seriously, that is a... It was tough. That sounds intense. Uh, Well, our next game is called YMCA. So exciting. Jonathan, tell me this is about the village people, like the uh, leather man. It's not specifically about the leather man. I know he's your favorite (laughs) village person. We've rewritten the lyrics to the village people's hit dance song YMCA to be about other four-letter abbreviations. So let let me give you an example. Old man, you can be so thrifty. I said, old man, at the age of 50, you can join us via our magazine and get discounts on prescriptions. It's fun to be in the... And then you would say... Oh, no. Oh, man, village people interrupt us. You were, the audience was about to sing it. A-A-R-P is the answer uh, okay. we're looking for. And to be clear, you will get the points if you do not sing it. You don't have to sing it. Okay. It would sure be awesome if you did. Uh, At the end of each song, just ring in and give us the appropriate four-letter abbreviation. Okay. You ready? Rock and roll. (laughs) Technically, it's disco, but I know what you mean. (laughs) Rich men, put your cash in the bank. I said, rich men, you won't lose all your swank if your bank fails. We'll return your money up to 250000 It's safe to bank thanks to the... Melanie. F-D-I-C. You got it. <laughs> drunk men, be prepared for chagrins. I said, drunk men... We have no liquor license. If you want some, you can haul it yourself. Get your Heineken and Bud Light. This restaurant is up. Jonah. B-Y-O-B. Yes. Is that question in your wheelhouse, Jonah? It was. That's your kind of thing? I've been to a couple of them. (laughs) Comrades. In Georgia and Ukraine, I said, comrades, you will fight back in vain because you're stuck in our shaky union until Gorbachev lets you go. It's fun to live in the... Jonah. USSR. Yes. It was not fun at all. No. No. They canceled it. Not a good time. <laughs> they canceled it. <laughs> they canceled it. Yeah, after only a few seasons. It I was know, weird. so weird. <laughs> young men, you watch us every day. I said, young men, to follow the NBA. We've got football, baseball, and poker, too. We're the worldwide leader in sports. It's fun to veg out, too. Melanie. ESPN. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> got a, you have a nice voice, Melanie. You have a very nice voice. <laughs> students, if the army's your goal, I say students, then you ought to enroll in this program. Hone your leadership skills on your campus choir. They're marching. Why not enlist in the... Jonah. R-O-T-C. Yeah. 
This is tight. This is a tight game. It is a tight race. Here we go. Sous chefs, throw that meat on the rack. I said, sous chefs, you know we've got your back. We've inspected all the meat you will cook. If it's grade A, you know it's good. Your beef's been checked by the... <laughs> Melanie. USDA. You got it. Sous chef should be a village person. <laughs> sous chef. They shouldn't have a sous chef. Why don't they? Looks like we have another tie. We do have another tie. We have another tie. This is an amazing game. All right, so this is just a trivia question, so you guys are going to... It's not just a trivia question, trust me. Uh, but you are going to ring in for this one. It's about YMCA. Which was the Village People's biggest hit? What was their second biggest single that had a nautical theme? Jonah. In the Navy. You're right. Congratulations, Jonah. Well done, Melanie. Thank you. Jonah will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Congratulations and one more thanks to Melanie. Races on the show. It's a really, the, there's a lot of tension on stage because the contestants are, it's just like a struggle. It's like a, a blood feud. <laughs> it's like a blood feud. They're cooperating a lot too, which is nice. Yeah, it's like a cooperative blood feud. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say hello to our next two contestants, Melissa Crody and Jeff Levinson. Melissa is a librarian, and for our listeners at home, I will point out a hot librarian. <laughs> and Jeff is a lawyer and word game nerd, so this is going to be a tight match. And a hot lawyer, right? Very hot lawyer. <laughs> Very hot word game nerd. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Uh, Jeff, how's your knowledge of medieval times? <laughs> I attended a medieval dinner on Saturday night, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> Okay, you attended a medieval dinner. Is that a way of... Are you fancying up uh, going to medieval times? Uh, a friend is writing a book about medieval Italy. Okay, I've had enough of this conversation. <laughs> You're serious. I've had enough of it, too, so I'm ready to go. Okay. Melissa, medieval times? I've seen a couple seasons of The Tudors. <laughs> Perfect. It's smutty. My knowledge is smutty. Smutty. That's going to work out for you. This game is called Lesser Known Knights. Everyone has heard of King Arthur's famous knights of the round table, like Sir Galahad, sometimes referred to as the Knight of the Holy Grail, or Sir Lancelot, the Knight of the Lake. But did you know about the Knight of Scales, Fangs, and Coils, Serpent? <laughs> That's the game. You know, you know it's going to be a good game when the audience boos the example. I know, exactly. They're groaning. So you probably get the gist of this game. We're going to give you a description of a word or phrase that sounds like it could be a knight because it begins with the syllable sir. And to make it harder, it won't always be spelled with the letters S-I-R. Here we go. The Knight of the Three Rings. Jeff. Circus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
the night of sneaky observation. Jeff. Surveillance. Surveillance, exactly. Not security camera. (laughs) (laughs) The night of peaceful inner calm. Jeff. Serenity. Serenity, also correct. One of my favorite nights, the nights of beef and lobster feasts. <laughs> Melissa. Surf and turf. Yes. <laughs> the greatest night of all time, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what your dreams are made of, this kind of night. This is the night you'd want to save you. The night of giving up and cringing in submission. Jeff. Surrendering. No, I'm sorry. The answer is sir marriage. No, you're right. Sir. (laughs) The night of itchy red skin condition. Jeff. Psoriasis. Psoriasis. (laughs) That night was not allowed to sit at the round table. The night of outwitting, outplaying, and outlasting. Melissa. Survivor. You are correct. The night of the melting clock faces. Jeff. Sir Dolly? (laughs) You're going in the right direction, Melissa. Surrealism. There you go, surrealism. (laughs) Melissa stole from you. (laughs) Here's your final question. The night of the unexpected soiree. Jeff. Surprise party. Surprise party. Well done. Melissa, you were fantastic. You did so great with your knowledge of smutty nights. It really worked out for you. Jeff, you are the winner of this round, and you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Thank you so much both for playing. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Coming up, we'll talk to our VIP author, Dan Kennedy, about music, writing, and find out exactly why he knows about the terrestrial insects trout eat to survive. Will he survive an Ask Me Another challenge? Stay tuned to NPR's Ask Me Another. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is author and host of the Moth Podcast, Dan Kennedy. I referenced this incredible list that you gave us of subject matter that you are familiar with. I have to ask you, how are you versed in wildland fire suppression tools? Well, here's the thing about that list. I really panicked after I clicked send, um, <laughs> which I do on most emails that I write. But on the way over here, I was running a little late, and on the way out of my apartment, I was like, 
oh, Google that thing, terrestrial insect trout. And then I started thinking about the whole email, and I was like, how much of that stuff do you really have any experience in? And the answer is? Well, I think I have a lot. Because we built the entire show around this. You know, I think, I mean, I, I, I think I have a good amount of experience in all those things. Have you fought a fire? Yeah, I fought fires. Yeah, I've been oh. on, I've been on, <laughs> okay. I've been on uh, you know, lightning strikes and pretty big complexes and stuff like that. You know, wildfire, you know, canyons and stuff like that. Yeah. Set big canyons on fire, too. (laughs) I mean, no, as part of the, (laughs) not just something to do, you guys. Not just, yeah, you know, I've been so bored occasionally. I just set a canyon on fire. Like, it's part of the fighting the fire. You have to burn out a certain area of the fire so it doesn't. So you were a firefighter? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at. I mean, I. Okay, so, that I, so your book, Rock On, A Office Power Ballad, is about you working in promotions in the music industry. Yes. And what you were I, a firefighter. Have I had a plan? <laughs> this all sounds just terribly <laughs> random. So you were a firefighter, you then you fi- got in the record business. <laughs> exactly. Are you still a dancer? Are you, you know, like... <laughs> tell me about your orthodontistry practice. Like, when did you get the urge to, well, I'd become a pro racquetball player. You know, like, where did right. I... and then there's trout fishing involved and insects. Trout fishing involved. You know, that was the reason I panicked about the email, actually. I was like, well, what really do you know about... Like, not when you were 24, not when you were 25, today, present day. And I was like, I don't think I can give them a list that says, like, you know, Twitter, candy, <laughs> sleeping in... Self doubt, <laughs> you know, and really bad combinations of food while I'm standing in my kitchen at 3 a.m. <laughs> you know, because I, I mean, that would be the honest answer, but. I like that you yeah. had, you know, the self doubt uh, marries very well with the, the food mixing, by the way. I've noticed. Yeah. So you have now written a novel called American Spirit. Yes. The premise of this book is it's an uh, executive guy who works in marketing. And he, it's a stretch so far. He decides to abandon his life because things aren't going. It's sort of crumbling. Yeah, he has a situation. He works at this big magazine company, and um, he goes to the doctor for a checkup. And while the doctor is out of the room, he attempts to read his own X-rays. And he's not qualified to read his own X-rays. He's like an ad sales guy, and uh, sort of determines he doesn't like what he sees, he's like, oh my God, look at that right there. And then he's like, I give myself, like, I know what's up. That's like four months to six months. That's the big one. The doctor came back in and he's like, so, you know, what do you think? What do you see or whatever? And the doctor's like, well, you know, I want to see you again, like in a week after I do this and do that. And I need you to take these x-rays over to um, this other place where you'll get a CAT scan in it. And then, you know, he, he, is at home with the x-rays, drinking at his house in Connecticut, and further trying to read them in the light of the kitchen. And he determines it's the first day of the rest of his life, and that sounds inspirational. (laughs) But the things he does when he gets to work the next day get him fired before lunch. (laughs) So then he he has his whole week to kill days. Monday through Friday, he has to kill his days, so his wife still thinks he's employed, so... The neighbor still thinks he's employed. So he basically just gets on the thruway in Westport, Connecticut, goes like three exits towards Manhattan, gets off at the fourth exit, comes back into town, gets wasted in his leased BMW in grocery store parking lots all day. 
Okay, so I'm going to assume that this is not at all autobiographical. Well, it's weird that you say that. <laughs> because uh, the things that are true in this novel are, are not the things you would think are true. There was a lot of that stuff where I was just like, fiction. <laughs> we'll hide this. It's called file. a novel. Yeah. It says it like nine times on the packaging. File under fiction. File under fiction. All right, Dan, I can tell you're uh, pretty much up for anything because you've done almost everything. So we haven't asked me another challenge. What do you think? Are you up for that? Yes, absolutely. Dan Kennedy, everybody. Of the many things you gave us to base your quiz on, we were most intrigued by your claim to know about salmon and freshwater bass and the terrestrial and aquatic insects that trout eat to survive. So we tried to write a quiz, of course, that made freshwater bass and trout interesting. Turns out, that is impossible. (laughs) We couldn't do it. So your quiz is titled, Questions Not Really About Fish. Yes. Yes. Jonathan Colton will be helping me with this game. And if you get enough questions right, Hope Owens Wilson of Jackson, Mississippi, is going to win an autographed copy of your new novel, American Spirits. Pressure is on. Dan, your book, Rock On, is about your time working in the marketing department of Atlantic Records. One of Atlantic's biggest acts in the 1990s had the highest-selling album of 1995, nearly 11 million copies that year alone. The band's name came from two childhood friends of the lead singer, one who had big eyes like an owl, the other with big, puffy cheeks... What was the name of the band? Oh, Hootie and the Blowfish. That is correct. <laughs> you weren't really freaking out during that, were you? No, you freaking I was. out? You, you... I was like, oh, trying to remember. I think more I was just having an out-of-body experience where it was like, you're on a game show and Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> How did this happen? That is weird. Yeah. That is weird. Are you drinking again? <laughs> What series of mistakes have you made that led you to this moment? I understand. (laughs) Dan, as you know, the music industry can be a cutthroat business. Mm. So name this song written by Ann Wilson of Heart after her record label ran advertisements implying that her sister was actually her lover. (laughs) No right, no wrong, selling a song, a name, whisper game. Don't do the trick You better make up something quick You're gonna burn, 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 burn Burn into the wind Barracuda? Yeah! Yes! That's right On the 1970s sitcom Fish, Abe Vigoda played Phil Fish, a retired New York City police detective. The show, which only lasted two seasons, was a spin-off of what other classic television sitcom set in the squad room of a police department in Greenwich Village? Barney Miller. Yes, indeed. In the quintessential frat movie Animal House, everyone at Delta House has a pledge name. There's Otto, D-Day, and of course John Belushi's character, Bluto. When Kent Dorfman, an overweight sad sack, is accepted as a pledge because his brother was in Delta, Bluto gives him what fishy name? Oh, Flounder. Yeah. 
You got scared, but then you knew it again. You know all of these. I know. You know what I just realized? Tim and those other gentlemen that were having to answer all those hard questions are just like, shh, please. In 1997, Ben and Jerry's introduced a chocolate-flavored ice cream with marshmallow, caramel, and fudge. They named the flavor after a famous band from Vermont who's known for their very long songs and their very loyal fans. What's the name of the band? Fish. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and the ice cream is called Fish Food. Oh, it's uh, so adorable. I eat some, like, stuff that's supposed to be good for your brain, and I think... Like some brain food? Have sardines like the day before? Well, it's paying off in a big way. You saw You're that. You're nailing this quiz. I just nailed that one. What was the answer again? I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> this song, written by Al Green and made famous by the Talking Heads, is not about fish, but it sounds like something a fish would say. It's a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> we're going with this question anyway. Tell us the title of this song. Don't know why I love it like I do you put me through Take my money My, my cigarettes Haven't seen The worst of it yet I want to know Can you tell me I love to stay Take me to the river Yeah <laughs> I wanted, to, I wanted to shoot for like a Leonard Cohen thing since I blew the other one. I wanted to try and make up for it. That was like deep and dark and soulful. Mm. I like it. And it was like a Leonard Cohen mashup. <laughs> a Dan Kennedy Leonard Cohen mashup. Guess what, Dan? You did it. You That's won. It? Oh, yes, seriously? you did it. Yeah. Hope Owen Wilson gets an autographed copy of your novel, American Spirit, and you get. A Rubik's Cube and ask me another Rubik's Cube just for you. One more round of applause for our VIP, Dan Kennedy. Jonathan? Yes. I have a song for you now. This is also not a song about fish, uh, but it is about a giant squid who hates himself. I lie below You float above And the pretty white ships That I've been dreaming of And I'd like to swim beside you Getting dizzy in your wake Getting close enough to touch you Getting brave enough to take you into my arms Bring you down to be with me But I can't do that thing anymore Can't be the thing I was before Maybe I am better off alone because I crush everything and I crush everything and I crush everything. Jonathan Colton.
Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Bored to Death, Dan Margolis. From Presidential Middle Name, Scott Sanders. From Delightful Spoonerisms, Mark Smith. From YMCA, Jonah Platt. And from Lesser Known Knights, Jeff Levinson. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, to take us out. In honor of our VIP Dan Kennedy and his novel American Spirit, this game is called All American Words. All the answers in this game will be phrases or titles with the word America or American in it. For example, if I said, it's an NBC reality competition show hosted by Nick Cannon, you'd say, America's Got Talent. Now, we're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give us your answer. Last person standing is our grand winner. Remember, the word America or American will appear in every answer. Here we go. Dan, this credit card's longtime ad campaign recommended that you don't leave home without it. American Express. That's correct. Scott, is the title of a 1971 song by Don McLean and a 1999 movie starring Jason Biggs? American Pie. That's right. Mark, it's a title first held by Margaret Gorman and later by Vanessa Williams. Miss America. Miss America's right. That's okay, yeah. Jonah, in 2013, this company announced it was merging with U.S. Airways. American Airlines. That's right, Jonah. Jeff, Kit Kittredge and Josefina Montoya are popular historical characters put out by this children's doll company. American Girls. That's right. American Girl. Back to Dan. It's a 1970s song about a lady from the U.S. by the Canadian band The Guess Who. Three seconds. An American Girl? Not American Girl. Scott, do you know the answer to this? It's a 1970s song about a lady from the U.S. by the band The Guess Who. American Lady? Not American Lady. Mark, do you know the answer? American Woman! Yes! Stay away from me! <laughs> All right. We say goodbye to Dan and Scott in a most dramatic fashion. All right, continuing on with Jonah. It's a popular food product the FDA describes as a homogeneous plastic mass. A homogeneous plastic what? A homogeneous plastic mass. American cheese? American cheese is right, Jonah. <laughs> Jeff. She's the star of the former ABC dramedy, Ugly Betty. America Ferreira? Yes, that's right. Mark. Yes? <laughs> it's a 1988 Eddie Murphy film about Prince Akeem of Zamunda. Coming to America. Coming to America is right. Jonah. It's a 1986 charity event organized by Ken Cragen that probably spread a lot of germs. Three seconds. American Sneeze Fest. Not American <laughs> Sneeze Fest. No. Step aside for just a second, Jonah. Let's see if Jeff knows it, Jeff. Hands Across America. Hands Across America is right. We've got to say goodbye to Jonah. It's down to Mark and Jeff. Mark. It's a line from the chorus of the Lee Greenwood song, God Bless the USA. Oh, is, is he like a country singer? I have he is no a country singer. idea yeah. whatsoever. Okay. Jeff, it's a line from the chorus of the Lee Greenwood song, God Bless the USA. 
because I'm proud to be an American. Yes, thank very good. Mark, thank you for playing. Jeff, you are the winner. Jeff, you are Ask Me Another big winner. Congratulations. And your prize is our VIP. Dan Kennedy has agreed to give you your very own fly fishing lesson via Skype. <laughs> from his apartment in New York City. Congratulations. So this is where we say goodbye or until next week, but you don't have to let the game stop here. You can take us wherever you go by downloading our podcast, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Launch at Jot Noon. Art Chung is our puzzle editor, with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Mark Halpin, Travis Larchuk, Karen Lurie, Mary Tobler, and Greg Volk. Ask Me Another is recorded by Paul Ruest. Us true pal. Noriko Okabe and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia robertson Migas and Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. This week on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, our VIP, that's very important puzzler, takes on the role of puzzle guru. Though she may dress in raw meat, the flamboyant singer of Poker Face favors this cold tomato-based Spanish vegetable soup. Come play along with me, Ophira Eisenberg, and Daily Show co-creator Liz Winstead, next time on Ask Me Another. 